Matthew 16 and from verse 13. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said to him, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others say Jeremiah or, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And I'd also like to just to read John, not just, but also read in conjunction with it, read a verse from John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 44. It says, actually start in verse 43, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up in the last days. As I read there in Matthew, there are a couple of things just as a way of introduction and a reminder as before we get to the book of Acts. There's the fact that Jesus is the head of the church and he will build his church. There's also the fact of that building is the calling to salvation. And I'll use the word calling. And when we just read that verse in John 6, 44, actually talks about no one can come to him and it's inferring or to do with salvation it has to be the father calling you to salvation and the other parts in scripture talks about your eyes being open your ears being open to hear so you have understanding because he also says otherwise we are blind we are deaf we are dead we can't do anything we can't hear hear or see anything so have that in mind then as we go forward and as we look at the book of Acts, as we have been. This is more of just looking at a couple of, I guess, a bit of an overview. I know we've already had one, but then we're going to head down and end up at a particular point from that overview. So just keep that in mind. The church, that is the believers, they are Christ. We are his bride, and none of us has been able to come to him other than that the Father has called us to salvation in Christ. So... As we think about the book of Acts, there's a storyline in it. There's a narrative. There's the building of the church. There's a numerical growth. There's the, the impact of the sanctifying truth that's happening to the believers. If you think on the day of Pentecost, what happened when the truth came to them in that event, the, the Jewish people who were there. So there's events like Pentecost, there's events like persecution happening. There's events like miracles and signs, wonders happening. These are things that hadn't happened before. Only Jesus has started to do it. Now the apostles are doing it. If you remember before Christ, there was 400 silent years in that they hadn't heard or seen anything of notable of God that they recognised or that there was no miracle, anything happening. Now all this was happening in this early stage of the of the book of acts there was a new message being taught being spoken 
there were men like Stephen, who when they stood up and spoke, when they were accused of different things, that they spoke with such power and wisdom of God because they are con completely controlled by God and directed by God, the Spirit, that people were confounded. We read in chapter 6 that the leaders, they had nothing. They just sat there silent. They couldn't say anything. So what was going on? These wonderful things, these, some of them might have even looked weird initially. There were different theologies happening that were later explained in the book of in the, sorry in the epistles that happened in the book of Acts, such as the gospel. If you remember, up to before Christ, it was all the sacrificial system is what they knew, and trying to keep the law. There were other the, uh, theologies happening, like be, having the everyone who rec received Christ as their saviour also had the Holy Spirit, and some were given the ability to produce, show signs fruit of that in that instant when the Holy Spirit come, up, come upon them. So not only receiving the Holy Spirit, but being filled and left, they're receiving gifts, abilities from God. All this was happening around. This is all new and strange. There were the acts of God happening. There were the jail breaks. There were the healings. There was the, re the salvation happening that was undeniable, the redemption. There were truths present and truths presented. There were new words used, new terminology. It was believe and no longer observance of the law. There were words such as the church and it wasn't about the nation of Israel. There was a focus also about the, the gifts and the leading and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And then amongst all of this, there were these things happening like on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. Then we get to chapter 4, and it says about uh, 5,000 people were added. And so thinking, you read through and you think about this, it's just wow, and you think about the people in the time. It's just all this new lingo, new things happening, miracles, and it's just amazing. What's going on here? But it continued, because not only were there the 3,000 on, on the day of Pentecost, and then the next chapter we hear about the 5,000 being added, but then in chapter 5, it says that more constantly, so it indicates that it wasn't just big groups, but there was just a continual thing, just person after person or small groups, continually added, being saved. It was amazing growth because it was the work of God through the apostles according to his will. Then in chapter 6 of Acts, we also read of a great number of the priests believed. A great number of the priests, those who have been serving in the temple, they believed, they understood and believed that Christ was the one, the Messiah. In chapter 8, it was the, the Samaritans were saved. Even the Samaritans? Later in chapter 8, it was the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch was saved when Philip went to him under the leading of God. Chapter 9, it was Saul's conversion. Chapter 10, it was Cornelius and his household. Chapter 11, in Antioch, it says there was a large number believed. But think about those different groups and people who I've just said. On the day of Pentecost, about 3,000. They were devout Jews. They were people who had come for the Passover from all other countries, all the ones that are listed there. So yeah, they would think, yep, we're the Jews, we're God's people, we're saved. But yet God 
kept growing because in chapter 4, when it talks about the 5,000 who were added, there was more just the common people who were around. Some of them would have been devout. There would have been a good mix in that. But then in chapter 6, we see the religious leaders, those who had had the responsibility of serving for the people before God, the priests. Then were, there were the Samaritans. Nothing good comes out of Samaria. They reviewed them as lower outcasts, but yet even Samaritans were undeniably getting saved. Challenging things were happening to them. Challenging things were before their eyes. The Ethiopian, the eunuch, a eunuch, anyone who was mangled or deformed in their body could not enter into the temple. We read in Deuteronomy. But yet the Ethiopian, he as a eunuch, was saved just as equal as anybody else. Saul's conversion, the persecutor, the religious zealot, he was saved. Cornelius, the oppressor, remember he was, he was one of the Roman mob that were coming in and oppressing. He was, a, he was one who led the soldiers, a cohort, the Italian cohort he was a part of. Him and his household were saved. In Antioch, so then you're getting out of Jerusalem. There were a great number saved. So God was showing that his word, his word of salvation, that in Christ, that salvation through Christ was available to everybody. Remember how we just read in Matthew chapter um, 16? Christ said he would build his church. He didn't say, I'll build my church, but I guess it's only going to happen if Peter stands up and you know, actually speaks properly. Or if John will stop leaning on me and actually get out and do some work. Or if Matthew will think other than money and actually speak for me. Now there's nothing like that dependent on people. We read that Jesus will build his church. Jesus was the one in conjunction with the will of the Father and the work of the Spirit was growing his church. People were being saved. So there was a lot happening. A lot of it was challenging. We've got a lot around us today about the church. Now, I've read and mentioned a couple of times about the fact that Jesus will build his church and it's Jesus' church. Now, I came across through the week through a video clip of a, a particular, as mentioned, of a particular religion, a Protestant a church or denomination, and they've just... Um, appointed their first transgender pastor or leader. And in his opening remarks, as he stood there with his hormone-adjusted body, his long flowing hair and femininity, he said in his opening comments, we need to deconstruct the church. We need to take away what's there. We need to rebuild it so that it's, so that it's what we like and is comfortable for us. It's no longer the church of Jesus Christ when that happens. The reason I say that is because the church was growing in numerically, but why was it happening? And then there was a sanctifying process started to happen in the believers. Why were people growing in such a great way? Because the disciples, the, sorry, the apostles knew there could be no deviation 
or adding to or taking away from what God, God's will was. They couldn't. If you remember, as they were going through, they got to a particular town, and in verse 8, and there was the evidence of the Holy Spirit, the salvation and the Holy Spirit present in people. And what happened is, one of the, a man there, who, he was a, a magician, and he deceived, the people thought he was someone great, a great prophet or somebody, who's simply doing it by magician, as a magician. And then as he was doing this, and as he saw the people get saved and the evidence of their salvation and the working of the Holy Spirit in people, he thought he could buy it. So what do you think Peter and John said to him? Yep, give us 50 bucks and you can have it too. Oh yeah, we'll accommodate. You, you come in and we'll just you'll sort of work out something together. No, they spoke clearly and directly against him because there couldn't be any alteration to the will of God. As we've gone through so far, and as Mike's taught, taught us different things through and reminded us different things from the book of Acts, maybe you've picked up that the success was due because they were doing it according to the will of God. Right from the very beginning, when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started to speak in a way that people could understand them of all different languages, we read it was as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now this is backed up also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is the Holy Spirit who enables us, who empowers us, who gives us the abilities and the, and the power, the understanding to do things. So we see right in chapter 1 that it was the Holy Spirit who was doing it and that he was the one who was empowering them. In chapter 10, one of many, sorry, chapter 6, verse 10, Turn there, Acts 6.10. A good example that God was directing them. It was seen in their testimony in what they, and it supported in Scripture that they were honouring God. So Acts chapter 6 and verse 10. This is a verse I referred to, paraphrased before. It says, and this is um, Stephen when he was standing behind the religious leaders when they were unhappy with what he was saying. That he, he was doing miracles through the power of God. And he, but most of all, the focus was that people were getting saved because he was preaching and teaching salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And it, we read here, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. The testimony and the power of God in there. And in case you didn't follow through in your scripture, the word spirit is capitalist S. It is Holy Spirit. It's not talking about his demeanour, his emotions or anything else. So when we read, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, with which he was speaking. In other words, he was clearly doing it through the, in the will of in the empowerment and the direction of God, God the Holy Spirit. And that's why the success was happening. That's why the people couldn't speak against him. They were dumbfounded at just the, the wisdom that he was showing. The other point, the reason, is that the, of the truth that was evident and sticking to them, is that they had lived 
and walked and been with Jesus. In John chapter 1, sorry, 1 John chapter 1, there's a great testimony there of the apostles. 1 John 1, it says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and, at, and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Do you did you pick up, touched, seen, felt, heard, all the senses and the reality is right before them. We keep reading, listen out or look at those words that come up. Verse 2, and the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So through those few verses, God had John right there reminding and testifying of the reality of, of how they knew Christ. They had been with him. They had heard him. They had touched him. John had leant on him. Remember at the, in the upper room, it talks about John leaning on him. There was a closeness. They knew Christ. They knew God the Son. So the reality of that, of that life with him, then going through and struggling with all of what was happening, then seeing the reality of what Christ had done, that he had died on the cross as he said he would, and it was for their, for their sin, but not theirs only, but for the sins of the whole world. And then the reality of how they'd then seen him raised from the dead, undeniably raised from the dead, what do you do with that reality? They might have seen him do miracles and stuff, but there's no miracle like someone raising from the dead. There's nothing like someone having the power of life and death. They had seen that in Jesus Christ. And so they come to a realisation of who Jesus really was. Even though earlier on, Matthew, had, uh, sorry, in Matthew, Peter had said, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. Yet the reality didn't sink in for Peter and the other apostles till after the resurrection, to after the Holy Spirit had come and they actually saw the reality of God in them. Not only the God before them, but also in them. They grew in that. They were being sanctified, just not only the new believers. So therefore, they were faithful to God. And that is why we see the success. It's not because of the miracles, it's not because, wow, people could walk past Peter and just his shadow seemed to heal people. Nothing like that. It was because of the will of God, because Jesus was going to build his church. Jesus was going to build his church and he was at work. So the focusing acts isn't the miracles. Just like with Jesus, it wasn't that he healed people or that he made five loaves and two fish fill, uh, fill the stomachs of thousands of people. But it is the message of Christ our Redeemer and then that growing in that relationship with him, that sanctifying work. Often we can get misguided. Often get, we can easily get wound up in different things. But the reality is that God, through Jesus Christ, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is to be our drive, our focus, our purpose in life, just like it was for the, for the Acts believers and the apostles. 
This is reiterated how in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. But for us, there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. So we can't buy anything, imitate, or do anything like that to improve what we've got or what God offers because all things are from him and, and we exist for him. There is, and it goes on to say, one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we exist through him. So the apostles were teaching the new believers there in Acts, your only hope, when, they cried, when the crowds cried out and said, what must we do? What did they say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. They didn't say, like I heard a bloke the other day, he's a leader of a church, a pastor, he said, look, if you want more, you give me more. Give me more money and I'll give you more, of a, more from God. What hypocrisy. What blasphemy. The bloke was just wanting to line his own pockets. But yet he was standing there as if he was a man of God, speaking for God. That's not what the apostles did, is it? They refused money. They rebuked people. They corrected. They taught, taught correct theology and pointed to Christ and living in the reality of the free gift of grace and the, and the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So then, so we find that they didn't deviate because they understood that all of who they are is from God through the Son, as we've just read from 1 Corinthians. They knew that truth is truth. They knew that the reality of truth is just that. It is a reality. And they knew that the true reality is only found through Christ. And it comes from God. As we continue, if you were to continue to go through, and you get into the epistles, as I said earlier, you'll find the, the reinforcing and the explaining and the teaching of the theologies that are mentioned, such as gifting. What is gifting? How does that all work? Can I buy it? Can I beg God for it? Also about theology such as being filled with the Spirit. Well, don't we get him at salvation or we don't? Do I have to have something special happen to me? No, as we continue to go on, we read that every believer gets the Holy Spirit. We, we learn that as you yield to him, you grow in that, in that sanctifying growth in your life, that sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit becomes more evident in you. But the apostles taught this not because it was their theology, not because it was their preference, not because they wanted church to be their way, but because they knew the truth they were led of God and they wanted to speak and live the, the truth. And as we read from 1 John, they wanted to share it out. They wanted you to know. They wanted me to know, to have that true fellowship with, each, with fellow believers and with God. That's what they wanted to do. That's what they wanted to achieve. So only of God honours God. There can be no deviation. God won't accept anything other than of him, for salvation or in the sanctifying work. If you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, people were getting a little bit sidetracked here. 
And what are they doing is saying, oh, I'm of Apollos or I'm of Apollo. They were thinking that because it was particular apostle had baptised them all, that they were the, the apostle was the greater one. But there, again, the, it was pointed out the necessity to focus on God. Man is nothing compared to God. At best, we are his children, his servants. He's redeemed. But it's only because of through Jesus Christ. It is God who saves us, redeems us. It is God who causes the growth. And so with the, in the book of Acts, as they were going through that, that journey in their lives, the reality of it, it was all new things happening, miracles and healings, and wow, easy to get distracted. But yet the main point and the truth of it was that salvation is through no one else but Jesus Christ. So, we have the truth there. We have the reality. The book of Acts is more than just a narrative. It's more than just a storyline. It's a part of God's word. Another person who, and I had a bit of a discussion earlier with John about it, um, a young man, he's about five years older than me, he was a pastor since he was about, in his, well, in his early 20s, a very faithful and diligent teacher of the word of God. But all of a sudden, he went, well, be off to the left. He veered away from God. Teaches a lot of heresy. Doesn't Teaches that the Old Testament is irrelevant. But yet, if you were to go through the book of Acts, what scripture did they refer to? The Old Testament. The Bereans that we are often reminded of in their diligence. What scripture did they go back to? It wasn't Acts, it wasn't Corinthians, it wasn't Ephesians. They went back to the Old Testament. So all of what God has done for us in the past, as he's pointed us forward as, as a mankind, then he revealed himself, God in the flesh, lived a sin, sinless life, died on the cross, rose again in an undeniable way as a payment for our sin on conquering death. Did all these marvellous and wonderful healings, miracles, wonders, signs. But yet Jesus Christ has to remain the focus, just like we see in the book of Acts. We can't deviate. If you take away, it's like one, one of these false teachers often says, you can have your best life now. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ as the only hope, then you have your best life now because hell awaits you. But then the reality of if you are a believer and then you deviate from the truth, then you are not only ripping yourself off, you are dishonouring God. And that's what, what the, um, the apostles, as we read through Acts and then get into the apostles, were stood so strongly against the false teaching that came along. So I want to encourage you with that one thing I said a moment ago. Only of God honours God. Only of God honours God. And in closing, I'd like to read that verse to you again to, to remind you of the testimony of God through the apostles in 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, and the first three verses. So this is, what, this is the apostles through John under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is what he writes, testifying. He says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen, 
with our eyes what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifest. In other words, the reality of it was before them and was known. So the life was manifest and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also so that you may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. Never lose sight that our only hope is through Jesus Christ. That our best life, our only hope, is staying true to God and true to his word as we see the example of the apostles who were faithful men before God. Faithful enough that God chose them to lay the foundation stones of the church. Let's trust God because outside of that there is no hope. Not just in salvation but in life. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that as we remember your word, as the Holy Spirit brings it to remembrance, Lord, that we would re be excited and rekindled at the reality of who you are, what you've done for us, and how you continue ahead and also with us to grow us, to sanctify us as your children, as your servants, Lord, and I thank you for that. Lord, thank you that we have your word. God, please help us to stay strong to, in you. Help us to stay faithful and true to you and your word. Lord, I thank you that we have it. Thank you for the salvation. I thank you for the faithful men and women that you have had go before us and the encouragement that they have been to us, the way that they have taught us, that they have corrected us, they have admonished us and pointed us to you. And I thank you, God, that you were in them and you directed them and that you made your wisdom, your truths known to us. So, Lord, thank you for being your ever-faithful self. Thank you and help us this week to be faithful to you. Amen.